0: want, isn't it, to go to sea? Are you tired of being in bed with me already? Dinner be daft. I could stay here with you for forever, but the boats have not been out for a week and we need money in our pockets. I'll buy you a silken gown if we we'll have a good catch. He remembered how she'd sighed over the dresses of fine ladies parading along Princess Street in Edinburgh, where they'd spent the day after their wedding. She sighed and pouted, I wish we could stay in bed forever. He laughed and spread himself out on top of her, flattening her slender body beneath his weight. So do I, but we have to eat. No fishing, no silk gowns and no eating. She locked her arms behind his head and pulled his bristly face down to hers. I know something that's better than food and silk gowns, she whispered. "'sliding her long legs around his hips and pulling him into her. "'He groaned as he felt her fingernails "'digging into the hard muscles of his shoulders. "'The clock struck six before they sat up again. Willie Wake clambered fully clothed out of the pile of rags that was his bed "'in his son's net shed in the alley called Dub. And crawled across the floor on his hands and knees, when he shoved the door open, dawn was breaking over the North Sea, burnishing the still water with streaks of gold, magenta and green. "It's going to be a fine day. The boats can go out," he thought. Bad weather had kept the Eyemouth fishing fleet in harbor for ten days, and if they stayed in much longer, bairns would be going hungry. Willie was at least seventy-five years old. "'His birthday had been forgotten long ago "'and no longer able to find a place on any boat. "'But on fine mornings he forgot his age "'and imagined that he could go fishing again. "'All he had to do was find a skipper prepared to take him on. "'Unfortunately, he only had one son, Rob, "'who was under the thumb of a bullying wife,' But in his day, Willie had been a good skipper with a share in a sturdy boat. He'd lost his mind, though, and Rob, who drank too much, had sold his share of the boat and now sailed as a crewman with Rosabelle's easy-going father, Davy Scott, skipper of the myrtle. Reaching into his pocket, the old man pulled out the tattered woolen fishing cap that he wore to hide his baldness. When he pulled it down over his ears, it made his head look like a black turnip. He next searched for his sea boots, but they were nowhere to be seen, and eventually he remembered that Ella Colin, Rob's termagant wife, had taken them away to sell them. "'I never liked that woman,' he said aloud, and in bare feet, gingerly stepped out onto the harbour-side paving stones, surveying the brightening sky as he went.' Suddenly, his happy expression changed, and he stood still, staring upwards as a disquieting thought struck him. Where are the herring gulls? There were usually hundreds of them roosting on the pantiled roofs of the houses, patrolling the pier, balancing like acrobats on the tips of the masts of moored boats, with their wicked, amber-colored eyes ever alert for food. But today... There was only one to be seen. The rest of the flock had vanished. Willie pulled a stinking fish head out of a heap of foolsy, rotting guts and muscle shells heaped against the house wall. The stink that came from it gave his alley its unappealing name. Swinging back his arm, he threw the carcass onto the pathway to tempt the solitary gull that went cruising over his head. To his disquiet, It ignored the bait and headed on inland, its eyebrow-shaped wings moving with ease. He stared after it, envying its elegance and majesty. Once he, too, had been able to move with similar insouciance, but no longer. As the gull flew off, he remembered times in the past when gulls had deserted the town. Though his mind darted about like a distracted spider... Some knowledge was part of him, as automatic as breathing. A descendant of generations of fishermen, he knew that when gulls disappeared inland on a fine morning, bad weather was coming, as sure as death.